Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. Me and Dan sat down last night and let the audience kind of lead the conversation. We talked about all kinds of things. We talked about where we think hunting is going to be in 50 years. It was a pretty, pretty interesting topic we got into, as well as a whole bunch of deer hunting questions that we answered throughout the show. Hope you guys are enjoying the, the show. If you haven't yet, make sure you head over to YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's kind of where the heartbeat of the show is. That's where it all happens. It's where you can engage with the hunting community on the comment section. Every live show we have, it's been a great time over there. Also, if you're listening to the podcast version, make sure you leave us a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. All right, everybody. Before we get into the episode, I got to thank some of my partners. The first one being Osseo Gear. Osseo Gear is a great option for whitetail hunters. They developed a premium line of bow hunting gear that will rival any other clothing on the market in quality. I used some of it this week, turkey hunting, and all their like hoodies and stuff have a built-in face mask. And man, that was nice. I'm always like losing face masks and stuff. So having that built into the hoodie was was uh, was a great feature uh, for, for turkey hunting. Uh, plus, you got a lifetime warranty on anything you buy from Osseo, which that's freaking awesome as well. They have a super unique camo pattern uh, and great technology in their garments to keep you comfortable in the stand or in the turkey woods or just wearing around Walmart or something. So visit asiogear.com to get you some premium hunting clothing. Also, got to give a shout out to Exodus. No real ad reads this week for Exodus. Had a great conversation with Jake from Exodus last week. We recorded an episode that should be coming up on their show. Uh, pretty soon the great guys i just want to kind of pitch their all their podcasts that they do uh, you got the deer gear podcast that cameron does you got land podcast that jake does and of course trail cam radio that they all kind of collaborate together on uh, go check out all of their material and their youtube channel excess outdoor gear and you guys will will be a better deer hunter because of it also got to thank stealth outdoors maker of probably the one product that I use in almost every aspect of my hunting, I was just I was using my uh, my little chair for the blind uh, that I was sitting in turkey hunting, and I had an, I had an idea I had I need to tape that dang uh, chair up, that little folding chair, that way the legs and stuff don't make noise on it with some stealth strips. You guys haven't tried stealth strips yet? Get your hands on them. Go to stealthoutdoors.com. Right now is a great time to be tinkering with gear during the off-season, get everything nice and quiet and ready to go uh, for for your 2023 deer set seasons. And and you, you'll, you won't be rushing around worrying about getting this or, or that done. Get your stuff taped up with stealth strips. And finally, of course, hunting beast gear. Makers of, in my opinion, the best mobile tree stand on the market. For the money, it's the lightest thing you can get for the size. And I think if you guys would just get your hands on it, um, put in those, those pre-orders to get you a beast stand, you won't regret it. It's been with me on almost every single one of my deer kills the last couple of years. And honestly, it is something that uh, once you once you start using a mobile stand like the beast stand, you'll never go back to um, some, something else. So... Visit huntingbeastgear.com and get you a beast stand and beast sticks. All right, let's get into the episode. All 
Hey, everybody. Hey. Welcome to the show. Hope everybody's doing good tonight. How's the uh, day? It's a pretty nice day. Probably yeah, there's fun things. Not, uh, not as many as there was Tuesday night, at least starting off here, but it's slowly going up now. <laughs> um, what you been up to, Dan, last couple of days? Mm, working. working on my boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have I have been to the last couple of days. I've been working with consulting stuff at my old job. So um, we, uh, my grandpa, I bought my, I, I live in my grandparents' old house. I bought it off of them uh, 10 years ago now or whenever it was. And my grandpa had an old dog kennel that was all falling in behind the house. And we burnt that down. Oh, a few weekends ago, I guess. Well, as when Eric was down here and uh, starting to clean all that up and and work, worked on that until just about an hour ago. So it's like springtime. It seems like guy gets busy during the springtime. You don't have any excuses. You can't go deer hunting, you know. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Did uh, Dave's, Racer Dave's out hunting right now. I know he was hunting on Dave's farm. Has he done any good? Yeah, he, um, he asked me if you could go over there, and uh, I'm letting Rick go next week. So I said, yeah, you could. He could go over there uh, a few mornings, and uh, I told him where to, I showed him where the turkeys uh, roost and how they move and stuff. The first day he went out there, he had uh, two come from the wrong way. They came from the farm and went uh, off onto the neighbors and in a beeline the wrong way, and then nothing else ever showed up. And uh, he was a little discouraged, and I said, "Don't be discouraged. There's some good stuff out there." And uh, Today he went back out there and uh, the turkeys were roosted where they were supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he had a giant tom coming in right at first light, like almost a little. You know, by when he contacted me because he's giving me a play-by-play on uh, text and mm-hmm. sending pictures and stuff. But when he contacted me, I thought it was a little early for a turkey to even be out of a tree yet. Um, mm. And the pictures. That bird was huge, and he kept telling me he thinks it's a trash bag. Yeah. And I told him trash bag is unkillable. Yep. And so he uh, called to it, and it spit and got mad and stuff, but it was with a hen. Started coming in, and then a whole bunch of jakes came in from behind and attacked the decoys, bred the decoys, knocked all the decoys flat. And uh, the Tom kept coming and coming and coming. He got to 30 yards and uh, um, he got his shot. I think I should leave it there. Let the rest yeah. of them. I got uh, the footage. We're going to put a video up and um, um, it should be pretty good. I haven't yeah. looked at the footage yet, but uh, he was just here uh, going over to hunt with me and uh, messing around. So. There you go. I have a video to look forward to then coming yeah, up. That's going to be a good one. Yep. I'm excited to see Dave. I haven't seen him in a while. He didn't come yeah. to any of the shows this year. So He's um, been, he was busy this year with his um, daughter. It's her, I think it's her year of high school, and she uh, did really good in skiing, and she was traveling. Yeah, she's a big skier, right? Yeah. Boston's hunting season and stuff. Yep. Um, that's what I thought. I thought he said something about that. They were. Every time we had a hunting event or anything that uh, he was invited to, he couldn't go because of his daughter was skiing someplace. Right. Well, I guess she's only a high or a 
senior one time and it's over. So exactly, yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Um, we do have like a little bit of a, a news article. I don't know if it's news or not, but it's been going around uh, Facebook lately about some of the archery uh, numbers came out as far as how many hunters in each state. And uh, the big news, Dan, is Wisconsin overtook Michigan for the most, uh, the second most uh, mm-hmm. bow uh, bow license sold. It's not a surprise to me because it's pretty crowded around here. Uh, Pennsylvania is still number one. I think they've they typically are. They got three hundred thirty-one thousand licensed Wisconsin is a smaller area. I think the um, Pennsylvania's got more landmass than Wisconsin, though. Yeah. What What's the difference in numbers from Wisconsin? They are about about twenty whatever, 25,000, you got 307,000 and 331,000. So I do have to say that when I hunted in PA, there was pretty heavy pressure. Yeah. There's a lot of guys around, but there's still good bucks and you still get away from the pressure by getting further back and stuff. But yeah. uh, there was pressure for sure. Um, and Mich- Michigan had the 304,000. How much do we beat them by? They got 304, you got 307. So you guys are pretty close. Um, Michigan's probably got more space than us too. They got the UP as well. Yeah, that's probably where people would argue with you, though. That the all the people are in Southern Michigan, or the yeah, I don't half. think the UP is getting a lot of pressure, but it's getting some of some of those numbers. Sure. From UP. Yeah, yeah. I was surprised by Missouri having so many hunters. I didn't know they'd have two hundred two thousand. That's a pretty decent chunk of people. You know what though? I know Jason Simkowiak told me that he, they kind of went, they kind of stopped traveling to Missouri because it was starting to get a little more crowded than they liked at the campground and the spot that they like to go. Well, I, per- ch- I personally won't uh, hunt public in Missouri until they change the rules. I can't yeah. film there. And uh, I like, you know, I enjoy filming the hunts and sharing them. Yeah. And uh, by law, you can't film on public land there. Yeah. New York now, is what now, way up there too. When I say that, before people go and start turning people in for filming illegally and stuff, um, I said that publicly once, and uh, and uh, somebody from the DNR contacted me and said that uh, as you know, as long as I was doing it in a promotional manner to help people, they would allow it because they'd like to have me there. Yeah. Um, so that's not to say somebody didn't get permission to, um, but they do charge a fee for you to for anybody to film if they even allow you to do it at a fee i don't know but uh, yeah a lot of people don't get that a lot of states don't allow you to um film if you're going to put it on youtube yeah public land which is kind of crazy because we own that land we should be able to do that if we want to right right um before we keep going everybody i was going to tell everybody that Tonight, we're just kind of going to see what the questions bring and our topics you guys want to leave. So uh, put them in the comment section like we always do, and we'll get to them for sure tonight. Just put a, a question mark. If you're going to ask a question, put a question mark before you uh, start your sentence. That way I know it's a question and not everybody just talking about whatever in the, in the chat. So I don't have to read all of them. <laughs> that, way I, that way I can be efficient with it. Um, another state that was pretty surprising was New York to me. They have 244,000 uh bow hunters up there so that's pretty significant um indiana's fifty nine thousand, which that didn't surprise me really i mean 
I know, uh, I know Jackson County where I live at the number of like bucks killed on public land here with a archer equipment was like, I don't know, like 15 to 20 or something like that all season this year is pretty low. Um, whereas I think you guys killed that probably in a week, you know, some, a week, you know, yeah. um, now if you include gun in there, that, that number goes up, but it may have been 25, but it was not very many, uh, me and Tim Hinky were looking at that one day. Um, so, uh, uh, is that just is that just deer hunting licenses? That's just bow license, archery oh, only. Just, because I noticed Wyoming ha- only has five thousand. Yeah. For okay. for whitetails. That's what I was asking. Is it for yeah. deer? Yeah, white deer, whitetail, whitetail deer license sold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so a place like Wyoming where it's got a good population of whitetails, that might not be a bad destination. Yep. Yep. Um not much competition. I think it's I think it's it has to be whitetail. Wyoming'd have more than that, I think, if it was concluding elk and everything else. Nevada um, has three thousand one hundred and twenty one. Did they even have whitetails there? Nevada. I think there are. Let me look real quick. Or maybe they just had like coos or something. I don't know. They must have whitetails if they have whitetail tags being sold. Yep. Look. Yep. There are whitetails there. You know, I'd I'd love to take a look at the numbers on the uh, and and say that uh, uh, CC we get more pressure than uh, Michigan, but actually we probably got a lot more public. Yeah, I'd say. You'd say you're right. So um, we can spread out a lot further. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see total total hunter numbers, like total tag sold, like see how what gun season does to your guys' numbers. Because I know Michigan and you guys have a pretty strong yeah. um, tradition in boat gun gun hunting. Yeah, I think Michigan might be more spread out too, like across the whole lower mm-hmm. state, you know. But uh, in Wisconsin, I don't think we have as good a numbers up north anymore. So I think the majority of that number you're seeing is in, you know, like my area from the, um, probably right. uh, the bottom two-thirds of the state. Right. Yep. I might be wrong there, but I just think that there's a lot more pressure down here than there is up north. People have kind of given up on the wolf thing and all that. Yep. And these numbers are all from last season. They're, the the Numbers always come out a year behind, it seems like. But these just came out. So hmm. Kentucky's pretty low still. I'm just looking at like over the counter stuff, which most whitetails are, but you, you um, know, you know what's kind of interesting about that is a lot of people will look at those numbers and make decisions based on that. Or they'll look at uh, like the Pope and Young books and make decisions on that. But really a lot of it has to do with exactly what property you're on. Yeah, you're right. State in the world. And be on a great property, you know, or you can be in the best state in the world and be on a horrible property. Right. Right. Ohio's creeping up there has 172,000, which I know a lot of people are, have complained lately about Ohio becoming more populated uh, with, with hunters, but they have a lot of public land down there too. You know, they have uh, in the Southern half, at least. Um, And also like, it seems like, mm, you know, certain public hunting public areas hunt better than others too. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. you got more room to have more hunters, but 
Somebody uh, has a good question in there about that um, that I just happened to notice. Not that I look at the questions, but yeah. somebody said, how do they know it's bow in Michigan that they're selling a bow tag because they sell the combo tags like we bought that are good for gun or bow? Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they count that because they are hunt considered bow hunter. But they oh. bought the bow, bow license, you know. I'd say it counts. No, I don't know that for sure. There, there's not a lot of information like, here. It just a, you use it for either or. So I don't know. Yeah, but you can. But, but what you can a gun buy hunt? A license to just gun hunt and just shoot two gun bucks. Yeah, but do they have just a separate, just a gun license that's cheaper though? Only if you just buy one tag. Oh really? Don't you remember you got you got yeah the yeah 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 buy two tags you had to do it right away and get the combo. Yeah, license. I remember that. That's how Michigan gets their numbers all the way up there. <laughs> uh, that's funny i don't know this guys this is literally the page that i i saw it's there's nothing here i mean it just it says this little generic thing about it's the 2021 and 22 season combined um all the states combined here so uh, i think total though i if i remember right, i think there's like 15 million like hunters by by license a year scroll down to the bottom Total three million seven hundred sixty-one two hundred thirty-three. Yeah, I mean fifty million like gun hunters and everything combined. Oh. Yeah. So just to give you an idea of how many more gun hunters there are than bow hunters, I think it's like fifteen million. Jesus, there's, there's nearly four million people subscribing to to uh, buying uh, bow whitetail licenses, and we only got seventy thousand followers on the hunting beast. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Come on, I don't man. know. And know. here, what do we got? Twelve thousand. Let's get it going, yeah. guys. Yeah, hit the subscribe button. <laughs> I got to figure out. There's a way on some of these uh, platforms that we can go live on where you can put the subscriber number up here, and you can like watch it go up as people click on. I got to figure out how to put that up here. But uh, I, that's pretty funny because, like, uh, it's impressive when you think about it. Like, you know, these numbers. You know, we'll just call it four million. Like, it, it's pretty impressive to think about. Like, what guys like. Steve Ranella has done that have over a million subscribers on YouTube where they've like, they've got such a, like that market, they've got a lot of the people that are involved in hunting, you know, follow. It's like, golly, that's crazy. Um, so, but it's, a uh, yeah, if they got a million, they pretty much got everybody because if you think about it, probably two out of three people don't, uh, don't subscribe to anything. I mean, I never do. I yeah, just, right. The only way I subscribe to something is if it's like a somebody I know and I just want to support them. You know, so no, yeah. We should me and Maddie, randomly look at stuff. Me and Maddie subscribe to a lot of people, but it's because we. uh I'm not talking about like hunting per se. I mean, I subscribe to hunting stuff too, but I'm thinking, uh you know, we 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 don't watch anything other than YouTube anymore. We don't have cable or mm-hmm. anything really other than YouTube. So like they'll. That's all I got. They'll, yeah, it, it notifies you whenever a new show's on or something that you can sit down and watch it. So, I uh, shut down everything that has an affiliation to the to the liberal Nazis, and uh, <laughs> I could even shut down YouTube if I wanted to for that reason. But yeah, I got pretty much nothing anymore. Yeah, we don't either. Still, one asked me what this song is in the intro, so <laughs> I get asked about what songs I use all the time or what's that, what's that song, and it's just. I can't really send them to you. It's like a subscription thing I uh, subscribe to because if you if you don't subscribe or if you get music e- illegally, they can have copyright issues. 
So it's just a generic like rock tune I found on my subscription website. So it's just a not really a, a song per se, but more of a tune. All my stuff that I put music in is just just that. I had a guy who was very persistent that I tell him what song that was, and I it was very hard to get it through his head that I, it wasn't a song, um, just a just a tune. <laughs> a beat right it's just a beat yeah you can like filter it out like you can say i want to listen to like a calm song or a uh, motivational song or and then it gives you a whole list of them beats that you can put into the, your music at, or uh copy that, that's not copyrighted um so not it's not a song but glad you like it i assume you liked it if you ask me which one it was um yeah there's the there's the archery numbers countrywide Illinois a lot too, man. They're 173,000. That's a lot of people for Illinois, That's you know. Every state. Yeah, it is. A There's not a lot of public though. Too. Um, they got a lot of just like fields, areas that are just solid mm-hmm. fields, no trees. So especially northern high number, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which I did see some people in Illinois when I was hunting there in January, and that's most people don't hunt in January either. So um it's a pretty shockingly low number of people out in the northeast, though. I mean, I know, I know those states aren't very populated, but man, California doesn't. Well, they don't have a lot of white. Uh, a lot of there's, that makes sense, I guess. That it's pretty low. Um, you go to you go to Rhode Island and go deer hunting. You you know, it must be like a that'd be like a small family of people that hunt there, and they all know each other. They all know each other. <laughs> Checking in at work. Hey, Tom. Hey, yeah, I know. He's throwing up over on the table. Uh, <laughs> got a birthday. There's donuts. Oh, that's funny. Hawaii. That's there's another pretty small group of people that hunt over there. I want to go to Hawaii hunting sometime, Maddie. Uh, she's at like uh, access deer. They I did too. Deer. Maybe this isn't just whitetail. Might be just deer. Maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe it's a deer license. Yeah, but then again, I still think I don't know why Montana would be so low yet. Yeah, because they'd have mule deer sales like crazy. Yeah, right? yeah. Go to the top again, see if it says anything. It doesn't. I read okay. it earlier. Bow hunters participating numbers in each state. Well, bow hunter would be bow hunting anything. I know, but I would think there'd be more freaking elk hunters. Well, how many does Colorado have? Maybe, maybe eleven thousand. See, there has to be more people going to Colorado freaking bow hunting. I don't know, man. It would say whitetails if it was whitetails. It says bow hunters. Yeah. Unless this it was posted is... in a whitetail magazine or something, and they're making a- the ATA put it out, Archery Trade Association. Yeah, that's. Um, yeah, I think that's everything. I think that's covering elk and mule deer and everything else. What do you guys think in the comments? You think there can, there's more than freaking Colorado? In Colorado, I think there's more than. There was probably. I felt like there was. Um, 11,000 people in the unit I hunted one time out there, a bow hunt. <laughs> Somebody should probably Google um, number of licensed white-tailed deer hunters. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I could see there only being 11,000 white-tailed deer hunters in Colorado, but I can't see there only being 11,000 white-tailed hunters or uh, bow hunters. A high number to me. Do four what? Million, four million sounds like a high number of to me for how many people for people bow hunting just whitetails you think 
Yeah, I think so. Oh, I don't. I think that. I think that. I think that could be possible. I mean, it's the most popular species to hunt, and but you might be right. I don't know. Um, nobody saying anything in the chat, but hmm. anyway, well, maybe we'll figure it out. Yeah, someone, someone. I'm sure someone right now is googling it for us to let us know. Um, interesting, interesting stuff, though. It's always cool to see those numbers. I was trying to, I was kind of fumbling around before we got on trying to find how like the numbers have trended over the years, the last few years on how many hunters and stuff have been, but I didn't really get very far yet. But if the numbers are increasing or about stagnant or decreasing or what's going on. Maybe it's uh maybe it's just residents in those um, just resident hunters, maybe. I guess maybe that could be. Yep. The uh, the PA numbers, Todd, were um, three hundred and thirty-one thousand. I think they're the highest. No. Um, people are starting to chime in. I'll get to him here in a second. Let's get to let's start in on some questions. What do you think? Sure. Gary says he got a buck in Jackson County on public. You did that. You were one of the 20 people that did Gary, I think this year. So hmm. yeah, Gary killed a, like a 145 inch nine pointer on public and here in Jackson County. Um, oh, down by you in Jackson County. I was yeah. in Wisconsin. No, no, no. I was saying earlier that there's only me and Tim are looking it up. There's only a handful of people that killed bucks on the, um, there's gotta be a freaking Jackson County in every state. I know. I know. And it seems like, yeah, you, know, you always know someone that lives, lives there too. Mm -hmm. Um, you're, you're in Jefferson, right? County. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I hunt Jackson. I, I used to mostly go up there bear hunting, but I deer hunted up there too. Yeah. Up there, I assume it's in northern Wisconsin then? Uh, northwest of me. It's uh, not okay. far from where the um, bear bait buck was because we were hunting two counties, Jackson and Clark. Yeah. And the bear bait buck was in Clark. Okay. But we picked a really big shed up off of uh, one of the bear baits in Jackson County too. And uh, actually, I believe that buck was on uh, trail camps at that bait too earlier in the year. Hmm. There you go. I was going to ask you before we get into this too too much. I got zoned one for my turkey tag next week. Yep. And I haven't looked at maps or anything yet. I'll have to early next week. But um, what's not for me? Yeah, I know it's not. Two. Yeah. How far is it from you though? Pretty far, isn't it? I don't know. Yeah. I just was. Gonna pick your brain to see if you knew anything about that that zone over there. You for probably sure. don't even. Don't. Yeah, you put in for any other zone other than the one you live in for turkeys usually. No, not usually. If I do, um, sometimes I I take the next one over. Um, I'd have to look at a map. Maybe it's one. Did you say you're in one? Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Chris Kittleson is in the next one over, and uh, he kills a lot of turkeys. Oof. Yeah. He could probably put you into something. He's a He's a good good guy for killing turkeys, but uh, 
the next zone over for me. I don't know if that's one or I think it is. I think three is north. I think one is uh, west of me. Um, that's a better yeah. zone than I'm in. Gotcha. Oh, that's good. And they got more permits available over there. Yeah. Veteran Outdoorsman says the rules have changed in Missouri. You can film if you don't monetize, and that's I think that's our problem is we monetize it every monetizing. So yeah, don't if you don't, yeah. they told me I could, I could as long as it was a teaching video. Yeah, if you per, if you just if you I buy a permit, writing. you can the, the permits are seven hundred dollars a day to film. Yeah, Woo, that'd add up quick, wouldn't it? Right. Um, Zachary Porter asked, are bedding areas with tons of beds harder to pinpoint big buck beds? I have areas near me like that area where Dan and Eric just scouted on video. Um, yeah, probably. Um, they're probably harder to pinpoint the buck beds, but, uh, if you go off a of terrain and you listen to what we're talking about on how they bed, the big bucks are going to be in the spots they belong. And they're going to leave a little sign. So um, if there's beds everywhere, there's a lot of deer. If there's a lot of deer, big bucks are leaving sign for sure. If there's small numbers of deer, big bucks won't leave as much sign or under bedding areas because it's a bedding competition thing. But um, if there's a lot of deer, they're going to mark their bedding areas. And uh, their bedding areas are going to be the terrain features that we talk about all the time, the points, the transitions, the edges, the uh, islands, the, you know, you don't have to look at the monotonous terrain. Um, all the little bucks and little deer will fill the voids. The big bucks will be where they belong. A matter, a matter of fact, I mean, uh, I know Josh can repeat this. I know he hunts the same way. Uh, a lot of times we're not even finding the beds. We're going to some place where we haven't hunted before. And we're, we're basing it completely off of terrain, guessing where these bucks are better just yeah. by the terrain. I mean, terrain is uh, one of the most important things about how deer bed. So actually finding the bed is, is a bonus. Looking at the beds is a real bonus. Cause then you know, for sure what's where, how it's exiting, which tree you should be on where you're kind of guessing during the season. But uh, in a lot of cases, um, you can look at something and pretty much know where those deer are going to be bedded, where the bucks are, the biggest bucks. Yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes, I mean, it's always super nice to find a buck, a, you know, a perfect buck bed, but sometimes it's just, you got to sometimes just trust the the terrain like you're, you were saying and, and still could be a good spot. It's just not always real, like in marshes or swamps where it's like, here's a buck bed or just like on a perfect point in hill country. There's a lot of times there's a real dead beat buck bed there, but sometimes there's not, you know, honestly, that's one of my problems with hunting down by your areas. There's not a lot, of, there's not a high number of bucks. So they're not yeah. leaving a lot of sign and uh, you got to go in and you got to trust, trust that terrain and, and you might yeah. not find no rubs or anything. And you got to kind of sit there. And uh, I think uh, in a lot of cases where you're doing good and you can correct me if I'm wrong, cause I'm kind of, guessing here um you're doing good because you're dropping a camera in those spots and stuff and then that's how you know but they don't have the sign like uh in some of the areas where i'm used to the higher densities where you have rub lines coming out of the bedding areas and stuff like that because there's less deer there so you gotta trust the terrain in that situation and that's a lot of areas have lower dust um lower populations than what i'm used to hunting or what i'm showing in the videos yeah yeah i mean there's been 
numerous times where we'll throw cameras in areas and not have much buck sign and you go pull the card the next year and it's like holy cow you know where yeah. all these things come from you think about that bedding area that me and uh, eric filmed i mean there's there's you know surrounded by a mile of water so mm -hmm. there's no place else to bed per se but when you look at the sign in there i would say at one particular time there's probably 10 bucks bedded in there at once well, a sign you know what i yeah. mean when right. every bush in there, every single tree's been rubbed and over and over and over again, yeah, there's, yeah, you know, yep. you're not going to, if that, if that was, uh, with your population of deer, I expect to see a few rubs in there. Yeah. But it would still be a great spot. It'd be the spot to be in. Right. Right. But you wouldn't see the sign that we saw. That can be, that can be a benefit or a, a negative too, because if you think about it, like, uh, I got to put up with all the lesser bucks. Or if you got a big buck in your area and you find a bedding area that's marked or whatever, and you go in there and hunt, you're yeah. gonna be relatively sure it's gonna be that buck. Yeah. Where I might have to have bucks come through, smell me or see me or hear me or something and spook and ruin the whole area. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah, you guys have to filter through a lot of small stuff. Speaking of small stuff, Doe Slayer asked us. Is it becoming less common to have a guy that just enjoys shooting deer and doesn't worry about big bucks? He said, I feel all alone out here. Yeah, I kind of agree um, with Doe Slayer. Um, there, I'd have to say that the funnest days of my life when I was just out there running around just shooting stuff as a kid, as a little kid, yeah. out killing stuff, where you didn't worry about size, you didn't worry about nothing but putting meat on the table. And I think there's some, some honest... Uh, just good-natured hunting to that. I mean, it's like, that's kind of what we're supposed to do. It's just that at some point you start getting too good at it. You fill your tags right away and you want to hold off for something better. And, you, you know, for me, it, it, I've just got this thrill about hunting really big bucks um, because the other ones are, are boring to me. I mean, yeah. that's just me. And I don't, I don't really necessarily like killing deer. Um, so I'd rather just, hunt real giant ones that uh i can make believe are buttholes you know they're yeah they're <laughs> nasty so i'll just shoot those but yeah. they're not the nice cuddly ones but uh <laughs> i'm just kidding but uh <laughs> that's just my morbid sense of humor yeah but, uh, i do uh i i kind of like the guy that will go just go out and shoot stuff like right. uh i really wish like uncle lou filmed this hunts more yeah, Louis Budovics from uh, Stealth Outdoors. Yeah, because I love to use his stuff because that guy just wants to kill deer, eat deer, mm -hmm. have a barbecue with the meaty shoots, and, yeah. and just the good old nature fun. That I remember. That's how everybody was when I was a kid, and now everybody's about big bucks and trail cameras and stuff. And when it gets to the point where it costs you thousands of dollars to go deer hunting, it kind of takes something away from getting your meat out of it and stuff like that, and it just kind of. I do think there's something missing from hunting with all this big buck lore, which I say that with a grain of salt because I'm part of the problem. I like, I like shooting big bucks too. Mm -hmm. um, but there's something in me that admires the guy that just goes out there and just shoots the first six or four pointer that comes by and has fun with it. Yeah. How about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know. It's past those it's, days of killing deer. Or, you know? <laughs> no, I mean, no, not really. I still shoot a lot of deer. Like, I, I mean, we kind of got that with you with the turkeys. I mean, you, you guys went on and you just 
you just decided, you yeah. know, I'm going to take a Jake. I like to eat these and we got other guys coming. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I don't see nothing wrong with it. If a guy, even if he's a big buck hunter in the last day, he says, I'm not going to do any better. And a six pointer comes by and he wants to shoot it. I've got no yeah. problem with that. And, yeah. and I really hate it when I see these posts online where people bash people for shooting something that they deem is, isn't qualified or you're part of the problem because you're not letting these deer or turkeys grow up or something. I hate that. I hate yeah. that mentality. You should worry about yourself. And if it weren't for people shooting small bucks, the guys that shoot big bucks wouldn't have no accomplishments because they'd have to up the bar. You, you know yeah. what I'm saying? There's The, the people shooting yeah. smaller bucks are what make, you, make it special when you shoot a big one. Yeah, but there's nothing wrong with just shooting deer, and eventually, maybe you get a big one, or maybe you don't. Maybe it yeah. comes once in a lifetime. I, I honestly, I guess a couple of things. I don't think it's as bad now as it used to be. Like in the early 2000s, when all we had was the Outdoor Channel, um, where we just saw just big giant bucks getting killed. I feel like in that time frame in hunting, that was a really big thing. Was everybody has to be a giant buck hunter you know and if you're not i'm gonna point my finger at you and laugh and now it seems like um now outside of social media is bigger than ever and there's more people that have you know more stupid people that have voices now than ever but um besides that fact like i think it's being a little bit more like guys like the hunting public and not not saying they shoot small bucks all the time but like they kind of are starting to make it like and guys like you even dan like your guys are hunting public land like Sometimes a 120 inch deer on public land is a freaking nice deer, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, and whereas, you know, I'm, you know, I, I, we still get a bunch of comments in our YouTube. I mean, I, every single buck I killed this year, people commented that it was too, they were all too small, you know, or when you're going to kill biggest a, cage bucks a I have, One of the biggest cage out of all of my giant bucks, one eight pointer I got that's it's got a giant cage. Yeah. I mean, when you look at it, it looks like a monster. People always say that's one of my best bucks only scores 140 and mm. i mentioned that buck on a post yeah i said well if you only shoot 140s you ain't a real hunter yeah oh, really i can guarantee you that guy or anybody else would shoot that buck but he's so fixated on a number you know yeah. what i mean well, i could give a crap what they score right i mean if that buck's six or seven years old i'm happy with it real yeah. happy you know but i'm happy with a smaller buck too i'm happy with anything i kill if i choose right. to kill, i'm happy with it yeah. yeah, I care less yeah. what anybody else thinks. Yep. Oh, I got some comments on my turkey video about you know jakes are for women and children, and it's like, are you going to shoot a fawn or are you going to shoot a fawn this year? I'm like, that's an insult I, to women it, and children. If I feel like it, you know, what do you care? Like, you know, <laughs> you just got the email. It's weird, man. Yeah. What? What? Uh, you, you know, you know, it's almost like people. Um, they can they can pat themselves on the back and tell everybody how great they are. Hey, look at me, look at me. I'm great because I don't do what he does. Yeah, you know, when they should just worry about themselves. I mean, I've I, I had a conversation today um, with a gentleman on uh, on uh, Messenger, mm -hmm. and he told me about the struggles he's been having with cancer and stuff, and how my my posts and my videos and stuff have been helping him. And uh, he's struggling just to get out every day, you know, and. When he finally gets a deer, I mean, he's got, got to go through all this chemo and crap and can barely get out and he can get out a day. He can't get out as far as anybody else. And I mean, he might not even be around in a couple of years. Right. And if that guy has to go five years without getting a deer and a, and a six point buck comes in front of him and he shoots it, when he posts it online and posts a picture of it and he's proud of it, 
the last thing he should hear is, oh, you should wait till it scores at least 150, you know? Yeah, right. I just hate people in their comments. They don't even know people's situations or anything else. And yeah. People should just worry about themselves. Yeah. I think I think most people that are, um, I mean, most. Mo I think most people that make those comments probably aren't worthy of making those type of comments either right. you know it's like yeah well, I, I always get that feeling too uh and probably uh it's a bad thing for me to think but i mean i was yeah. just looking at some nasty comments at me today like on, on youtube you know i sit there and i delete them every day the, the ones that are real bad yeah and I, I saw some where it was just one guy one nasty comment after another like belittling me and like uh you talk too much when you're in the video you you know you're never going to kill a deer if you talk and i'm thinking yeah how many bucks like mine do you have, buddy? Yeah. And how many are on public land? You know? Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, it, it's just a it's a weird personality trait that those type of people yeah, have. Those, like most of those guys are like uh they're like in the closet wearing rainbow hats, you know. They live in their basements um on a keyboard and they yeah. got three deer on their wall and that's it. And they think they're they're Joe Hunter because they killed three nice bucks or something on some private farm they had permission on. Yeah, I don't know. Well it's just it's just even like it's maybe that, but it's even just like to have the personality where you got to feel like you got to belittle someone on the internet. You know, it's like yeah. which I guess they're gonna do that before they do it to someone's face. But that's what I like about my generation. I mean we didn't have internet and your your social media was when you went to school or you you went to the store or something that was somebody made fun of your deer you went and punched him in the nose and you had to know that if you said something somebody's going to punch you in the nose and yeah. these guys can get away with it because they're on the internet a thousand miles away yeah then they need to get punched in the nose yeah i don't know i don't think it's i don't think the age i don't think age discriminates against it. i think there's all all types of people that do that crap on the internet um but yeah, you, anyway. you know what i mean as a group all of us that have pages that have places of channels and all that should just when those people are bullies and they're mean and nasty and they make fun of people's deer and stuff like that just delete them just yeah like, i agree if everybody does that they won't have a place to go they have to clean up their act it's the, the equivalent of the punch in the nose from the 80s yeah right right yeah and then you know people will say about like it's you need it you know that's free speech and they need to be able to say that and it's like it they don't need to say that on my platform. They can go yeah, make their own right. platform where they can make fun of people and see how many people go to their their site to get made fun of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you got people who start, you know, make they make fun of people that follow us for what you know. It's just like, yeah. Uh, anyway, I was going to ask you, Dan, what, uh, where do you think hunting will be in fifty years from now? It's a good question. Technology seems to be taking over. You know, um, even the onyx, I just, uh, I think that made a huge difference in hunting. Yeah. You know, cell cams have made a huge difference. I don't think cell cams actually made a huge difference in kills, but there's this trend kind of like you were talking about with, um, with those shows that were in the two thousands, you know, you know, yeah. changed everybody. Um, the cell cams, um, a lot of people have from shows or from from wherever, from people advertising that this is the way to hunt, now I'm seeing a lot of these young people just go out and they throw out 20 cell cams or whatever, and it's a, a game for how many they can buy, and they just sit at home watching the cell cams like it's a video game, and when they hit a deer, they go out and they hunt. 
and they get one on a camera and they rotate between cameras and hunt. And, uh, you know, I think that the future of hunting is, um, not looking all that great. Um, but I do think that, uh, guys with skill will always get it done better than guys with technology to some degree. If you put them side by side with the same amount of money. Yeah. But, uh, really people can buy their way to success now, you know, which is sad. You can yeah. buy yourself, you know, um, a bunch of cameras, you know, and you can buy yourself a bunch of tags. You can go to multiple states and stuff. And not that any of that's really bad. It's just, um, it's going to be different. And um, guys like me that came from um, hunting the hard way, you know, without cell cams, without, you know, you had to, you had to carry a map around to the property you're on paper map and look at it and, and learn the property and you had to go out there and learn the property the enemy learn the land borders that used to be a thing is people used to always say well let me show you the land borders whenever you went look yeah. at the property i mean kids wouldn't even know what you're talking about nowadays yeah and, and they a landowner would give you permission he'd walk the border with you this is, yep. this is where my property lines are mm -hmm. um but i would buy maps of all the properties i still got maps in my my garage old right. school maps back in the day of uh marshes and swamps and stuff and matter of fact a lot of them are black and white they're so old mm -hmm. yeah i've uh the last couple uh I, I got a piece of uh property in northern ohio i can i can hunt and there's an older gentleman owns it he's an old farmer and when i got to his place has been a, i haven't hunted there uh in a number of years but when i got there i had onyx you know and he's like let me I'll meet you there and I'll show you around the place. And he's like, I'll just, and I was like, uh, oh, I got this app, you know, I can just see where everything's at. If you don't want to bother with it. I'm like, wow. He goes, yeah, I was going to show you where to go, but you, you got that taken care of better than I do. Probably. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Um, do you, could you, do you think hunting will ever go away? Like you think it'll ever get to where it'll be illegal? Like it is in so many other countries. Uh, you know, it might, um, it's hard to say. Um, actually, uh, I think uh, we could be in danger of stuff like that because of the um, the uh, political turmoil that's going on in this country. I think there's a lot of changes that are scary. I mean, when people are trying to change the uh, constitution and they're and they're getting away with it, stuff. You know, they're uh, when you're putting um, judges in the Supreme Court that, that are supposed to be there to read the, read the constitution and make laws based on what it reads. And they're literally um, running on the fact that they're going to try and change the Constitution. Um, that's a scary thing. And uh, you just see the way trends are going and stuff. And things are happening today that 10 years ago or, or 15 years ago, I would have never, ever believed it would ever happen. So um, I think the political trend is more likely to change hunting because uh, we could get a group that just kind of takes over this country that... Um, is more a tree hugger type. Yeah. Yeah. I, I always think like, I think when like, um, my generation, I think we're safe from it not being legal because I, when I was young, it was, there was still like that hunting camp atmosphere and like almost everybody you knew, um, had somebody that hunted in their family or something. Um, and, and it was, it was more of a big thing, you know, mm -hmm. and, but it's like, I think the generation that's coming up now, um, I don't, I don't know if that's as thick as it was whenever I was growing up. So I'm like, 
that's where I could see it starting to be like starting to get a little fuzzy is like once those kids like my generation, mm-hmm. people from say, you know, 30 to, you know, in their, in their thirties, that generation kind of pushes through. It's like, yeah. I don't know, man, that just not and, and like my, my parents or, you know, my dad's generation, those people die off and it's like, Ugh. yeah, um, I've, I've got some friends who've, um, who aren't necessarily against hunting, but they don't hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, asked me to please not discuss hunting in front of their children because they don't, their, their kids who are, I mean, like uh, eight, nine years old. Yeah. They're like, they're afraid that they'll be uh, traumatized by discussion mm-hmm. of that or discussion of eating uh, wild game that, uh, and I'm like, they don't even know where wild game, it comes from the store, Dan. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, uh, if they'd be traumatized by that, that's horrible. Because, I mean, when I was a kid, I can remember uh, being a young kid and running down and ca- catching a pheasant as a little kid. I mean, I'm sure you've seen the picture of me yeah. with that, that I caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I brought it home. My dad wrings his neck and we eat it. That's yeah. what we do. I mean, and there was, there was no turmoil or you're, like, mortified. or mm-hmm. I mean, uh, people would raise bunnies and then, they'd, you know, it would be a pet for a while, but then you'd eat it. Yeah, and and that's the way farms have always worked. But now all of a sudden, you know, these people got this uh, psychology background from school or something where they believe that that's a traumatic thing and it'll make people into serial killers if they see you uh, harvest an animal or something. Mm -hmm. You know, um, one of these people I know, I mean, really thinks that his kid could become a serial killer if I, you know, if he sees a video of me killing an animal or something like that and enjoying it. Yeah. And I've had people tell me I'm supposed to, you know, kneel down and cry and pray over these animals after I kill them and stuff. I don't yeah. believe that God put them here for. Right. Here to be killed and eaten. And, you know, I'm sorry, but that's what it's about. And, yeah. And, and people treat these animals like they're people. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you mentioned praying for animals and this is probably a weird thing to talk about, but like, have you ever prayed that you got a deal, like you'd get a buck or something like in a tree stand? I have not. I've never, I haven't I, either. I think that's the most selfish thing ever. Like God has better things to do to worry about your stupid deer walking in front of you. Right. I, I, for I me, know. I'm just thankful for another day hunting really. Um, I think there may have been something like that when I was a little kid, like sure. where you want something really bad like that. Yeah. Um, but as an adult, um, I, I yeah. can see I can see the selfish, um, yeah. selfishness in that if that's a way to put it. Um, yeah, but uh, I would never do that. As a matter of fact, now I can honestly say I've come to a point in my life where a lot of times I'm rooting for the animal more <laughs> more than getting. Yeah. But if he gives me the opportunity, that's what I'm there for. Yeah, it, you know, it's kind of weird. It's a weird feeling. Kind of like uh, I didn't ever want to see Rip Trash Board Big uh, die. Yeah, right. Generous, you know. Yeah. Um, I uh I just brought that made me think of I had a, a friend that was a we hunted a lot together and he was like in the stand, he saw a buck out far, like far away, and it was walking away and he's like, I just started praying to God that it would walk back in, walk back in, and here it come. And I'm like, I'm yeah. like oh, come on, man. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but and I do I do think it's cool to hear stories about like you know, your, your dad passing away or a loved one passing away and like something special happens, you yeah. know, shortly after 
that or something. I think that's something different, but like just to be sitting in a stand. I don't know. Back, when, back when I used to write a lot of articles for magazines and stuff, yeah, I did one for uh, Rack Magazine. They put me in touch with somebody to do an article. And uh, um, when Rack Magazine first came out, I did a bunch of articles for them. And it just got boring and I quit doing it. But yeah. uh, this guy uh, had been hunting for 27 years and had never shot a deer. Not a fawn, not a doe, not a buck, not nothing. nothing. And he would try and try and try, and he never got a deer. And he had shot, like, uh, I want to say it was a state record buck. And uh, they wanted an article done about it. And uh, he told me that he wanted to shoot any deer he could because he hadn't gotten a deer. He's willing to shoot anything. Right. And, he tried, and, and it wasn't from a lack of trying. He was out all the time hunting. And <laughs> he... Uh, He's probably just a very bad hunter, I guess. Yeah. But, but uh, his mom ended up passing away. And his whole family was distraught over it. And they were all sitting in the house uh, crying about this. And he couldn't take it. And he went out to hunt. And he went and climbed in a tree. And uh, said a prayer that was half to his mom, half to God. Yeah. About... Uh, showing him a sign that there really is a heaven. He started questioning things because of her dying. Yeah. He didn't like the way she passed away. I don't want to get into details, but he didn't right. like it. Yeah. And uh, he got mad at God. And he, this prayer was about, you, you know, show me a sign that, uh, that this is righteous, that you're still around, that you're, you're here. Yeah. Or and he said he literally opened his eyes from the prayer. And here stood the state record buck in front of him. And he just, <laughs> He said he was like he was in a dream. He picked up his bow and he just pulled it back and he shot it. And I did Jeez. this long, lengthy, incredible article about this that I thought was just the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Since the Buckmasters, they were like, oh, this is great. And they paid me for it and stuff. But they had the uh, final editing. You, you know what I mean? And yeah. um, they took every mention of God or religion or prayer out of it. And it just said, man shoots buck after 27-year dry spell. Really? That was bad. That's dumb. That's yeah. like not. I mean, that's a a story. And that's about it now. Like the other one, like you told, that was cool. That's like touching, you know. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And whether you believe in what happened or not, it was still right. The circumstances of it were incredible. Now, me yeah. personally, um, you know, I get a lot of heat for this i've said it before and i've gotten a lot of heat for it but i don't believe that you can pray for things and get things i believe mm -hmm. that uh there's already a plan yeah and that plan and god's gonna god knows better than me what i need yeah or what you're gonna ask for you know he knows what should happen <laughs> he knows you know there's already a plan and for mm -hmm. me to selfishly ask for that plan to be changed i think is wrong yeah Instead, yeah. I think I, I give thanks for uh, the things that I have and for yeah. uh, just one more day on this earth. You know, that's yeah, that's my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, it's a tough thing to think about. It's one of those things where, uh, yeah, he, he knows what's best for you, whether this be what, what you want and what you're praying for or if it's something different, you know, I don't know. Yeah. You, right. you know, um, God called me the other day and he, he wanted to talk to me about one of my videos. This is this a joke? Me, no, seriously. And he told me specifically that um, 
that uh, you know, don't be praying and asking for stuff. And I said, I oh, don't. Okay. I go, it's those other guys. And he said, yeah, I know, I know. I'm just telling you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he, said he, he said he wanted he to. He called you. Yeah, yeah. He, he just pretty much wanted to tell me he wanted to see more, uh, you, you know, me more promoting Donald Trump. And I oh. said, I can't do that. It gets people ticked off. And he's like, yeah. I want more of it. And I go, well, we have to do a follow-up conversation on it. He's going to have to call me back. I, well, I literally, we know, we know, on, we know. I had to hang up. He just kept talking and talking. <laughs> we know if we start seeing Donald Trump, uh, Rick in a Donald Trump mask walking around the swamp with you again, we'll know what how that conversation with God went then. I'm going to shut up before I get hit by lightning. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's probably <laughs> as likely I would joke. It's a joke, man. Yeah. Oh. Uh, True Hunter kind of has a good idea. He has a question, but he says, uh, you want to give away, are you going to give away your bow at the Kalamazoo show? I think we're going to do it on here, but yeah, we, yeah I think we're going to do it on here. Yeah, we'll, we'll probably do it on here. The problem with the, not a problem, but it's just, there'd be a small, a smaller audience to win it there. You know, we'd like to give a lot of people chances, whereas there it's not as, uh, not as big of a chance, but maybe we could do some kind of yeah, giveaway I, though. I think we'll give it away if, um, if the person wants to take a trip over here and pick it up in person, maybe they could hang out for a day. We could do some fishing or something together. Mm -hmm. That'd be cool. But if they don't, I'll ship it to them. Yeah. Yep. 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 We get that. We get asked about this a lot, but um, he's asked, asked if we've ever thought about coming to Southern Michigan, like Jackson and Washington, all counties. And we almost did the um, public land challenge in uh, Jackson County when we went there, but uh, um, there was a leak that we were going to be there. So we had to move the location. Yep. Steve, thanks for the donation. He's commenting on the, uh, the numbers thing we we're talking about earlier. It's probably just resident hunters. Could be. Um, Philip, the wise asked if you would ever consider having a cameraman film your hunts, Dan. Yeah. I think about it all the time. Um, We've uh, had some discussions about getting interns and stuff, and I just don't feel right about uh, having kids work for me for free. And it's kind of um, difficult to film some of my hunts. So I'd have a cameraman that uh, hunts with me about one out of every three hunts or something because a lot of the trees I get in, you can't get a second guy in. Um, like if you looked at the, the tree that I picked out in that last video, that's a pretty typical spot for the kind of spots that I hunt a lot. And uh, I'm going to have a hard enough time getting my own butt in that tree without getting detected or getting seen by a deer. Yeah. Putting two people in that tree would be just about impossible. It'd be, it'd be tough. Mm -hmm. It'd be tough. Um, Devin had a good question. He said, he's hearing more about the scra scrape that a mature buck will hit in October in daylight when conditions are right. What makes it that scrape? A buck's core or let's say a downward edge of bedding He's uh, about, you gotta go ahead. go ahead i just was gonna paraphrase go ahead so um i don't know exactly what he's talking about kind of scrape i mean the i think he, i think he's wanting to know like what makes a scrape usable in daylight hours for bucks for me, it's a, a uh, the buck bedding scrapes are the only ones I really see a really good daylight activity on. Um, 
I mean, a lot of people will say uh, primary scrapes, and I think a lot of times a primary scrape is a buck bedding scrape. They just mm -hmm. don't know it. Um, but uh, scrapes that are near bedding, no matter what kind of bedding, what kind of scrape it is, being near bedding is is going to be important because they got to get there in daylight. Um, even when deer are moving in in the middle of the day there's very few days a mature buck, you know, when you get six, seven is moving a long distance in daylight. They usually move in cover. Um, like when I've shot big bucks in daylight, um, uh, during rut cruising kind of thing, it's usually cruising a very short distance between two doe bedding areas that are on a ridge, like right next to each other, you know, and there's just a small area in between that you're slipping into. Um, and you'll find scrapes there. I mean, there's going to be scrapes along that travel route. But uh, when you find scrape lines that are out in fields, in woods, um, over long distance, you might kill deer there, but I doubt you're going to kill real big bucks on those in daylight. Um, so for me, um, just about everything I look at goes back to revolving around bedding because um, I look at for, I don't look at what a deer does one or two times a, a year when he's in a, a frenzy or he's uh, all worked up. I look for what they do all the time. You know, what is the trend for most of the time you'll kill a deer doing this? And that's, you got to get close to bedding in order to have that daylight movement window to get into that distance where they'll move in daylight. Yeah. David is asking what kind of safety vest do you wear, Dan? Um, I use the Hunter safety system. Mine is really old. I was going to buy a new one at the show and, uh, I never got over there to buy one. They used to uh, sponsor me, but I think it was a different owner at the time. And I don't, you know, they just, they set me up with gear and I, ne I never went back and asked for more or anything. Mine is really, really old. Yeah, like need, one of the original ones. Yeah, I need to get a new one. I stopped by their booth and was talking to the guy and he didn't, it must be a different owner because he didn't even know really who we were. Yeah. Um, but Carter asked, Will bucks bed in swamps and swamp islands through winter, or do they normally shift once the cattails start to thin? Um, that's a good question. Um, most of the time they migrate out of uh, like cattail swamps and stuff, um, but not always. It seems like timbered swamps they stay in a little longer, um, maybe permanently. But snow snow depth has a lot to do with it, um, and ice has a lot to do with it. They don't like uh, the ice that they break through when walking on mm -hmm. um, or ice that gets real slippery and they're falling down all the time. Yeah. And then they'll migrate out to the edges or out to crop fields or whatever. If snow gets real deep, they migrate out of the cattails pretty quick. Um, but there will always be some deer that stay there year round. There you go. But the majority will move. Yep. Jamie asks, how concerned are you guys about ground scent on public land versus private land? There isn't ever too much talk about it. No, ground scent is huge. I talk about yeah. it all the time. Um, you got to be careful about ground scent, but uh, the way we get around ground scent is we don't overhunt the spots. We're always moving. That's what mobile hunting is, is it's mm -hmm. about uh, um, coming in different all the time so the deer never pattern you. Um, you're always moving. You're always changing where you go and uh, where you hunt. So stay mobile. That's how you get around ground scent. Yep. 
you also like, um, you know, over the years I've hunted with a lot of different people now. And like, when you start thinking about those details is when you start killing big deer or more deer, you know, too, like there's multiple times I've been hunting with people, even with you, like me and you hunting with people and like me and you, I I can like vividly remember being in a particular spot, trying to like find a tree stand and the, and then the person like walking, walking into where the deer was going to come from. I mean, you like looked at each other and you were like, Hey, get back here, you know? Yeah. Um, And, uh, yeah, the ground scent you have to pay attention to there. They'll pick up on that just like it's right. I mean, too, we've had discussions about, um, a lot of times we'll use human access trails to access back to where we want to go and then try to jut off them just a little bit, or we'll hunt right over the top of the access trail so that we're not leaving any ground scent anywhere, um, except for the access trail. Um, so there's places where you can get away with scent, human scent, and there's places where you got to um, not have it. And I'll tell you what, um, there's in-between places too, because like uh, when you get near bedding areas, like I like to hunt and uh, Josh likes to hunt, um, when you get near those bedding areas, that's when you really have to be careful about ground scent because they will not tolerate human scent in their like home range where they don't think humans go. I mean, that's your safe zone. They don't want that. But around a cornfield or something, they might tolerate it, but they're going to not like it. You know what I mean? It's going to bother them. They're going to be yeah. careful for a few days or something. But around a bedding area, you can really do some damage. Yep, for sure. Kirk asked how long will, until trail cameras are illegal, do you think they'll ever be totally illegal, Dan? I think it'll uh, be spotty. They'll be illegal. Yeah is legal in others some places will allow regular cameras some places will um won't allow either some places allow everything um yeah i would say some game departments probably want to kill more deer and they'd be willing to let you uh use uzis if you wanted to and some of them would like to keep it sporting you know it's a matter who's running it you know right uh, i know um a lot of game departments are struggling with ways to to lower their uh, populations so they might be a little more inclined to allow tools like that yep um i think trail cameras will always always be around as long as they're hunting though i don't think um i don't think they'll ever be like across the board illegal what i don't like is when they um they they outlaw them on public and legalize them on private yeah you know, um, they do that with a lot of things. Um, like some states you can bait on private, but you can't bait on public. And it should be either illegal or not illegal. Um, I kind of, I kind of don't like the fact that, um, that they have to separate the two. So to make, uh, maybe make, uh, private land either more desirable or where people can just have a free for all. I I don't like that. I think it's either illegal or it's not. Yep. I agree. It's, it is kind of weird to just eliminate a certain type, certain hunter because they hunt private, you know, like yeah. or public or whatever. Tristan asked, uh, what will public land be used for once or if the next generation doesn't share the same interests as in hunting? Hmm. I don't know. Dog parks and stuff. Don't you know lie. what though? I, I think the vast majority of people 
uh, and I mean, obviously it's the vast majority of people don't even realize that there's public land like Mm -hmm. to do stuff on outside of their like central park and their big town they live in, you know, or whatever. But around here, they, um, they started putting a lot of, um, walking trails and stuff through public land. They started, uh, mowing them down. I would imagine a few years from now, they'll probably plant rainbow flowers and yeah. Well, light when you pull in the parking lot. That's easy though. Like people stop using it. They just sell it. Right. The state yeah, exactly. just sells it and they make a bunch of money. Right. Like it's, it's a very <laughs> valuable <laughs> asset. The thing, uh, when you talk to, to, politicians the biggest thing they worry about with public land is that they're not getting tax money for it yeah so if they if they sell that land then they're receiving tax money year after year for that piece of property mm-hmm. that's why they don't want half of their state to be public land because then they they're sitting there with no taxes from that money mm-hmm. veteran outdoorsman asked do you guys grow a vegetable garden or forage or wild edibles I have a big garden. We, me and my wife plant a big garden. I used to, I haven't in a few years. And I'll uh, pick up some mushrooms if I if I find any nearby. Sounds like someone's swinging in your backyard, uh, Dan. Swinging on your old swing. Yeah, I got the. You hear the security alarms going off? Yeah, just barely. You could just barely hear. We can't hear them anymore. Is a coon in your backyard or something? I don't know. Nothing showing up on the cameras. Don't break into Dan's house. He has security cameras everywhere. If you uh, get th- if you get through the door, you will die. <laughs> <laughs> security cameras and booby traps and yeah. Uh, thanks, uh, True Hunter, for the the super sticker, man. We uh, appreciate it. Um, how long have you had a security system in your house, Dan? Me and my wife have been oh, talking a few about years. It, we, we had some. As I started getting a little more popular, we started having some problems with, um, um, uh, Carol got some threats in a store in town. And, um, uh, then we had a guy pull up the driveway with a uh, gun in his car, uh, making threats at me. And, uh, um, I started carrying concealed and, uh, we, we put in uh, perimeter alarms in the yard and putting, uh, trail cameras. And, and then we put in, uh, security cameras all around the, um, uh, house. So we know if anybody enters the yard, we know if they come to the driveway, we know if they um, walk around the house. So I think everybody should do it nowadays. I mean, uh, we have, you know, I have a friend who's a, a, a police officer. Um, he might even be on tonight. Um, and he called me one night about two years ago and, and told me that um, I should be um, making sure that uh, I'm armed at all times and Carol's armed because there's been a whole bunch of home invasions on my road. And I reminded him that my road is only about uh, four miles long and it's pretty rural. And he yeah. said, yeah, there's been um, like eight, eight home invasions in the last six months on that road. And I was like, holy crap. That's odds pretty high that somebody comes to my house. And they do it mo- mainly during the day, I guess. But uh, they uh, ended up catching the person in the house, though. Hmm. It was actually a police officer. Jeez, really? Was, uh, yeah, it was a woman police officer who was... Uh, had some um, boyfriend who was a criminal. They actually, the FBI caught him. Wow. Um, they kept it pretty quiet, but it was, uh, the, uh, she would, I, I believe they got a, uh, they got noted. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I 
a raccoon on my knock. Oh, oh okay. But uh <laughs> that'd be crazy. You look over and she's standing there and we're talking about her. Right on here live, right? But, uh, <laughs> then shoot <sorry>. some. <laughs> <laughs> they walk in your back door, you shoot them, and you just turn back around and keep talking. <laughs> right, right. Well, let's finish the tip the wall waiting for the cops, right? <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, that's my... Yes, um, I believe uh, she was getting a hold of when people would call and report that they're going to be out of town, could the police actually keep a presence at their house? Oh. And she got a hold of those likes. people and knew that they were out of town. Hmm. And I, I think Can what people happened... do that? Yeah, the worst part is the more it's happening, like the evasions and stuff, the more people start notifying. Yeah. Um, well, I guess it's it's worse if it's a police officer doing the uh, robbing. Yeah. Yeah, there's, I mean, there's always somebody around here. I mean, even yeah. when we, well, we have the kids stay over and stuff, and uh, the place is heavily armed. Yeah. So. I was going to uh, mention something. Go, go to the, what you should really do is, if you want to rob places, if there's anybody on here that has some bad motives and they want to make some money and they want to do a home invasion, they want to do a robbery or anything, here's my best advice for that. And uh, this is the honest <laughs> truth: is drive around and look for um, Joe Biden signs, liberal mm -hmm. signs. Those people don't believe in guns. They have no guns. They aren't mm -hmm. armed. They won't shoot you. They won't resist. You get your stuff. Everybody's okay. You go home. Um, you go to one of these places like mine where you see Trump flags flying, you see, uh, you know, uh, uh, Carol's got a new flag out there that says, uh, even my cat voted for Biden. She liked that mm. shirt. So she made a flag out of it. Um, <laughs> so you see that and you realize that house is armed. They probably got, yeah. they're probably paranoid, you know, <laughs> crazy conservative guys. Stay away yep. from that. Yep. I, I would agree. I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't mess with that house. <laughs> um but especially you know i can't see how anybody would want to rob my house and they got to wade through the shell casings on the driveway <laughs> so, i do a lot of target practice <laughs> off my porch so yeah they probably I mean, you're wading through six inches of two two three rounds <laughs> 40 cal rounds um and it's kind of <laughs> there's like quiet, so they're not jingling there's like four <laughs> coons on your front porch <laughs> neighbor's up he's got a biden sign go over there <laughs> Like four gigantic coons on your front porch, just standing there yeah. looking at them, like, and, uh, like what is this? The hell out of them too, but they they won't even realize it. When those coons are growling and running at them, they're gonna get scared. But really, <laughs> they just want a treat. Yeah, right. Bring a pocket of treats, but yeah, don't go to this house. Yeah. Uh, Steve asked, uh, "How many days do you got allotted for Iowa this fall, Dan?" Um, I don't really allot days. Um. Uh, um, I, I might be, uh, end up down there two or three weeks. I don't know. Go down yeah. there for a year, a week there, you know, three, four, four or five days here or there. I would really, really like to get down there sometime in the next, um, month or two and, uh, do some scouting and yeah. look at some train. Cause I haven't been down to where I'm going to apply for. So I do want to get down there and kind of kick around, even if it's after green up, uh, I'm pretty good at, uh, picking that stuff out so yeah there's something else but us bsing about that funny stuff was making me laugh what was the there you were telling a story on this uh show it's been a while ago now but something about you, you found some orange spray paint somewhere it was i can't remember it was something bad someone did with orange spray paint do you remember that 
I know uh, we had uh, some land we were hunting on where somebody took some orange spray paint and spray painted the tree stands because they were mad because they got yeah they got told not <laughs> yes. to trespass. After that show, Eric texted me. He goes, "I'm pretty sure there's a can of orange spray paint behind Dan." because <laughs> <laughs> they the cops came and they found the orange spray paint in the woman's garbage can and she was like they kicked me off the property they have no right to, i've been walking on that oh. land and the cops like you've been trespassing on that land she's like i'm not stopping i've been going on that land for all these years and they didn't even yeah. want to press charges but they had to they told her to leave several times and she just went irate she had yeah. a right to go wherever she wanted she <laughs> It was probably something other orange. It was just an orange can in the background the whole time you were telling that story. I get. I didn't notice it. Eric did. He's like, he like texted me. He's like, Dan has an orange can of spray paint behind his head right now. <laughs> it was hard. It could have been anything, but um, just in the background or Trump troll. Oh yeah. Somebody sent me that. Oh really? Yeah. Um. Kyle asked if we ever get more pumped for certain times or certain years other than, uh, rather than others. Um, I wouldn't say pumped, but what I do get is, um, um, I don't have very many unsuccessful years. Um, and when I do have a year where I don't kill a nice buck, I usually come back with a vengeance. I usually scout more. I work harder at it. And I will tell you this, that on the years I scout hard, I generally have a really good season that year. Yeah. And I find new spots, new places, new, and I, and I find new deer to go after, or I fine tune the bucks that I knew about, which is kind of the case with that area, like where me and Eric are, are looking. Um, I had a run in with a very large buck last year back there. And that's why we're concentrating on that area. We're trying to find that deer. We're right. not find them. We, we already found them, but kind of trying to find yeah. all his little hideouts and stuff so that we can hunt him down effectively um, in that area. Yep. Yep. Um, Devin asked, Dan, do you pay attention to the red moon during the prime morning and evening times of hunting? The red moon. I do not, but I do think there's something to it. And the reason I say I don't is because I'm just hunting every day, uh, every evening, every morning I can. I would say that... Uh, the moon overhead and underfoot um overhead it seems to have a little more influence on the deer i don't think it's huge in my area but i have noticed when i go to hill country in western wisconsin i've noticed that i i kept track of it for a couple of years going out there and it seemed to be right on the money especially around rut as far as when i had daytime movement um you know if you followed the moon charts for not the regular moon charts when they come up with all kinds of crap for what the moon does. But what, the only thing I saw correlation with, and I used to chart everything to see correlations. Mm -hmm. The only correlation I saw was with um, overhead and underfoot movement within the hour of it being overhead or underfoot. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do a few more here. Andre asks, would you hunt downwind of a bedding area, having the wind to the deer's advantage, setting up off to the side, or wait till wind is in your advantage? Downwind of a bedding area, having the wind to the deer's advantage. How would it be to his advantage if you're downwind? I think maybe he meant upwind. but Okay, so if he meant upwind, do I set up upwind of a uh, bedding area? I do that with uh, doe bedding areas occasionally. Um for one time hunting rut or something, because sometimes uh, a lot of people will tell you that uh, bucks 
will uh, cruise the downwind side of a doe bedding area. Mm-hmm. And they will. But uh, I've often seen them cruise the upwind side. Yeah. And when you see that is usually when um, the does are coming and going in to the bedding area from the uh, upwind side. Um, mm. Like to a field or something. They yeah. will check cross trails. I think in a lot of cases they're check, checking cross trails or scenting the trails. They got like a parallel trail that goes around it that they uh, smell the trails to see where the um, those are coming out. If you look at the, the cruising trails and you look the rubs on them, if you look close, the rubs on that buck cruising trail are usually right on cross trails. They might be faint or whatever. They're marking the doe trails. Yeah. Yep. All right. Kyle asked, y'all think hunters should have access to entire public pieces or split for different uses like horses and hikers? No, I think they should have access to all of it. I, I They got a thing in Wisconsin where like they they were mandated they had to open all public land to hunting. And it kind of ticked me off that uh, they kind of uh, abused the rule and they like to say, okay, well, we'll open it up to deer only and only at this period of time between these two dates. Like, um, yeah, um, the parks here, I think, open like, uh, I forget what date it is, but it's a date in October where the whole rest of the state opens, you know, September something early. Um, where I think uh, if it's open to hunting, it's open to hunting. You know, I, I I do not think so. I think that there could probably be special cases, like if you had a a, a park that was really um, really had a popular use, you know, of a trail Third or something. Yeah, yeah, I could close into hunting for that. Um, but I do think public land is public land. And you should be able to use it. Um, yeah. Maybe if it's uh, a public land that's five acres and it's surrounded by uh, apartment buildings in the middle of the city, maybe you can't bow hunt it. Or, or you can't gun on Yeah, but uh, I don't. I don't think there should be any rules against uh, your use on public land. We have a a few pieces of, of public that have like really popular hiking trails, and they have essentially this like a circle around the hiking trails where you're not allowed to hunt. But that's only one around. And, and vice versa. I don't think that they should be able to tell horseback riders and stuff that they can't use the public right. land either. Exactly. Exactly. Thanks for the uh, super sticker, Jamie. We appreciate it. Um, Billy asks, how's the increase in bear population affect deer? Have you seen any? any... Yeah, you know, um, that's an interesting topic. And different people will tell you different things. Um, I know a bear is a predator, and I know deer can smell predator scent, and yet one would think it would bother them. But uh, around my bear baits, I see a lot of interaction with deer. Uh, But then again, I have wolves come in too, and deer come in right after the wolves. Maybe it's because of the food. I don't know. Um, I have to think it has a little bit of an impact. I do know that bears often bed in the same kind of points and features that deer do, and I don't think they'd bed together. So it could change bedding a little bit uh, in certain areas. Like bears will bed on points going into swamps, down in cool areas. Where you see deer bed in those spots too, um, so um, I don't think it has as much of an impact as what people make it out to be. As well as kind of getting at, is because uh, I see them coexist when I'm bear hunting, and we have a pretty high population of bears here, not where I live, but where I, you know, in Wisconsin. 
and uh, I see a lot of uh, interaction where they're close by. Uh, the bear bait buck used to, I would, you know, get it on camera in the background when I'd get a bear opening the bait. You'd see him in the background waiting for the bear to leave so he can come in and eat the bait now that the bait's open. Yeah. And it would just stand there looking at the bear. I don't really have much experience bear or deer hunting where there's a lot of bears. Thanks for the donation, man. I would say his name, but uh, later on, like two comments later, he says, don't say anything, Josh. <laughs> I don't know if his, his wife sat next to him or something. He don't want to, she don't want him to, or he didn't want her to know that he spent a certain amount of money uh, on me. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case yeah, or not. Well, you know, I read that name too. And if you're having a hard time pronouncing it, I'd just call him Mike. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Mike. Uh, that's funny. He's been on here a couple of times. That yeah, yeah. Person. Didn't he even call in once? <laughs> yeah. I think he called in once, didn't he? Yeah. You just, he may not. Killed him. It he could, just, just narked him out. Is what he could have been He could have been completely um, talking about some, something else, but I just don't want to take the chance and get him in trouble. Oh, that's funny. Um. <laughs> uh. Oh, Racer Dave is on. Oh, is he? He was at my house when we started. Yeah, he must have made it home. Yeah, we were talking about him earlier. Hopefully, yeah. he wasn't listening. <laughs> uh, Oleg, Oleg is asking if we will be doing a hunting challenge or a hunting camp this year. Yep, somewhere doing something. Yep. Um, Not sure where yet, but yeah. we are working on something. He has another good question here. What is the average distance from your house you are driving to hunt? Average distance. On average, I mean, I'm going to just assume he's excluding hunting trips, like out of state. So public near my house, the average would probably be about half mile or mile. Oh, really? There. Mine's farther than that. Um, you got but, the, uh, right, you got your backyard there. Yeah, but I would say there's a lot of hunts I go on that are a couple hours away. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's probably like 10 miles, I'd say. Wow, um, your average? Yeah, probably. Because I, I hunt out in the Houston National, and it takes me about 15 minutes to get there. Um, so. Hmm. Well, I if I go to, if I go to Charlie, I go to Charlie's. Sorry, do what? 15 minutes isn't uh, 10 miles, right? Or is it? it can be. I don't know. Maybe I underestimated. Maybe I'm more than uh Yeah. I mean, like Charlie Swamp, that, you know, that's a decent Yeah, more trip. like five miles. Yeah. I get around a bit. I, I travel around uh, lower Wisconsin a little bit. Yeah. If I hunt out like the Jackson, Washington, that takes me a little bit to get out there. If I go south of here, you know, like where you and Eric hunted that one time, it's yeah, not really I, close to my house. That's one thing that annoys me, like with doe tags. I mean, they make you buy tags here per, per county. Yeah. And then, and then per public versus private. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, I, I regularly hunt about four different counties and I hunt um, one public and one private in my home county. Yeah. You know, it's like, hmm. Zachary asks, where's Ricky Poo been after the scope to the forehead? Haven't seen him much. Oh, he's been around. Um, you'll probably see him soon because he's got a turkey tag next week. Yep. He's at the shows, all the shows he came to. So yeah, he uh he heard I had turkey sandwiches at work the other day, and I, he 
came popping into the shop and uh, walked over and said, I want a sandwich. And uh, I haven't seen him in a little bit, too, honestly, because I noticed that he had looked like he lost about 20 pounds. Mm. I said, man, it looks like you're losing weight. He goes, I've been working on it. I go, what do you weigh now? He goes, I've been working on losing weight. Go, How much do you weigh? I've been working on losing weight. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it right here on the show. You wouldn't say it. Wouldn't tell me. Oh, really? Yeah. I weigh 194. I weighed myself this morning. 194. Yeah. I went up a little bit. Really? Yeah. I'd like to get down to 180 before deer season. But... Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. Whatever. I want to get back down to 190. I went back over 200. Oh, really? I'm like, yeah. I'm like yeah. 215 or something now. Yep. Yep. I need to start exercising again. I just have no motivation to do that anymore. I used to do it all the time, but I tell you what, when I got my, working. when I lost the weight that I lost, it made me, it made it so much easier hunting and stuff. And I felt so much better that, uh, uh that's a real motivation to, to keep my weight in check. Yeah, for sure. For sure. That was the end of the questions. That was it. Yep. We're on here for about an hour and a half, about perfect. Okay. Um, thanks everybody for hopping on. And before you leave, hit the subscribe button. Give us a like. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See ya.